to the sixth episode of Sustainable Life. I'm your host, Will Shepard, podcasting out of Rochester, New York. And this week on the show, we're going to be bringing on Michelle Lee, who is the founder of Clever Carbon. And for those of you who don't know, Clever Carbon is a really cool startup company that actually launched this past July. And what's so cool about them is they're working to really help bring carbon footprint transparency to the everyday consumer. On this episode, we are going to get into how Clever Carbon is looking to make a difference and how you might make purchases, how being fun and relatable is helping them to grow quickly, and how Carbon Footprint is largely dependent on where you live in the world. So guys, I hope you really enjoy the show and the insight that Michelle has to offer in this podcast, and so here she is, Michelle Lee, everyone. Michelle, I just want to say like thanks so much for, for hopping on. I really appreciate you taking the interview. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so do, do you want to just hop into it? Um, yeah, I mean, we can get into it, but I would love to sort of hear your thoughts on um, Clever Carbon as well, because you and your friends are part of our target demographic. So um, perhaps we can chat a little bit about it after. Yeah, well, why don't we do the interview? We'll see what comes up, I guess, and then and then get into it. Cool. All right, so awesome. Yeah, so one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on um, is because I think you're doing like a really awesome job of just kind of creating transparency and providing data to people that actually is effective in making a decision, an objective decision, we'll say, um, in their their consumerism. But um, before we get into that, I guess, like, would you be able to just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got involved in sustainability? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Toronto. I lived in San Francisco for seven years before I moved to London about a year ago. And my day job is in um, SaaS solution sales. So I work with a really great company. And, um, you know, it's funny because I don't feel like I got into sustainability. I feel like I am just trying to help people learn something that we all should know. It, you know, I don't know why it's termed sustainability. It's just stuff we should all know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so your your career in sales and just kind of living in general kind of just drove you to the point where you thought, well, it's software sales, right? Um, and so you have a software background then. Actually, I don't, um, but, you know, I am technically inclined and it's one of those things where uh, you learned on the job and my role is a solutions engineer. So it's a balance of being technical, but also having business savvy and understanding our customers challenges uh, within their business and helping them use our tools to solve those challenges. Okay, really cool. And so like, if you take like your, your sales side of things, right, and you look at, let's say your carbon footprint from, from that lens, is that kind of what led you to create something like Clever Carbon, you think? Not, not quite. I think the reason I wanted to create Clever Carbon is because I just feel like there are so many things we can do in our everyday life that are really easy and people just don't know about it. And the current organizations, establishments that are sort of promoting that, um, you know, those changes are, you know, it's kind of hard to relate to them sometimes. 
So what I wanted to do was create a really hip brand that made learning about your impact, which is your carbon footprint, really easy, really simple, really fun. And at the end of the day, it's just numbers, right? Your carbon footprint is a number. Calories on a nutrition label is just numbers. Like no one knows how to calculate a calorie if they don't Google it. And no one really knows exactly what it is. But what you can do is compare one thing with another and then be able to make a decision. And that's sort of how I feel about carbon footprint as well. Everyone knows numbers. Carbon footprint is easy. Everyone can take part in this conversation. Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome because you you do really like I said a, a great job of providing the numbers and by the way I, I do just want to say that your branding is is really awesome you've done an amazing job with that. Um, so what is kind of your your goal then ultimately with Carbon or Clever Carbon? Our goal is to help everyone understand first and foremost that they have a footprint. I think a lot of the times people might think that carbon footprint applies to nations, to um, industrial companies that, you know, manufacture goods, and they don't actually realize that everyone has a footprint as well. So the most important thing is for people to come to our website, take the quiz, and understand that they have a footprint. And through taking the quiz, they also understand the elements that have the biggest impact on your footprint, like your diet, the way you commute, how many hours you fly, et cetera. And you know, we wanna make this experience really easy and really simple, which is why it's really just a two minute quiz. There are definitely more thorough quizzes out there, but our goal again is just to help people understand that they have a footprint and to make it really easy, hip and fun and relatable. And our second goal is to advocate for carbon labels. So companies like Oatly and Allbirds are amazing because they're hip brands, they're very innovative, and they also publish their carbon footprint data per product. Not, you know, Oatly and Allbirds as a company as whole, this is like the one number for all of their emissions annually, but each product so that consumers can understand by buying that product, what is their impact? And we'd like every single product in this world to have those carbon labels. That's our second goal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it definitely is cool too when I think about like calories, right? As you had mentioned before, um, it might actually help to impact a decision. Obviously, so like say if I go to McDonald's, right? And I look at the menu there and one is 1800 calories and one is 600 calories. I definitely might, <laughs> uh, I guess, second guess my, my choice to choose the 1800 calorie option. And I think I think that's a really good way to go about um, helping the consumer make a great decision. And so you guys are a little bit focusing on coffee shops, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we started the coffee menu campaign. And the reason why we did that is because everybody loves coffee. Almost everybody drinks coffee. You know, everyone has that one friend that like, you know, doesn't tolerate caffeine and this and that, doesn't like the taste, blah, blah, blah. But aside from that, everyone loves coffee. And I was literally sitting at my desk during COVID and I have a coffee shop near me called The Hive. And the owner, Marco, is so fantastic. We've had so many conversations about sustainability. And I don't know why, but I was just thinking, 
thinking like, what if there was a menu and instead of price, we put the footprint of an espresso and a latte or black coffee with, uh, you know, plant-based milk and with dairy milk and what the footprint of a cup, a disposable cup, disposable lid and a sleeve were, you know, how would that change the game and, and would it change the game? And so I went and had this conversation with Marco to convince him to try it. I, I mocked it up. I showed it to him. He was like, I would totally put this up. So then I gave it to Ryan, our designer, um, the genius behind all of our beautiful branding. And he made um, a nicer version of what I had made. And that's kind of how it all started. And I mean, right now we're live in seven locations and it's kind of crazy to think that Clever Carbon a month ago hadn't even launched. And now we're in seven operating businesses. Um, I went and talked to one of the coffee shops about um, a week ago and I was asking them, hey, how are things going? And they were like, it's great. People have been asking questions. Some people have actually been foregoing lids because they now understand the footprint. Um, they love it. They love the sign. So hopefully we'll get the coffee menu in, in more places because, you know, everyone just loves coffee and it's not good and it's not bad. It's just information. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really cool. I mean, you guys have grown so, so quickly. That's awesome. And so with with the coffee shops, I mean, do you have your goals set on any of the large coffee brands like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or anything like that? Well, here's the thing, right? I, I We are mostly targeting small businesses who can make decisions really quickly. Yeah. Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, um, they probably have this data already, um, but Here's the thing, again, there's the chicken and the egg, right? Oatly, Allbirds, even if Starbucks published that data, no one really understands what it is. And that's why Clever Carbon fills such a unique niche where we are taking the onus of teaching the general public about carbon footprint so that these brands and companies like Starbucks in the future can publish the data and actually have it make sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And so, if, if we can shift here for, for a little bit, if you don't mind, how are you guys actually getting your data and kind of doing the analytics behind the data you're actually presenting to the end consumer? Yeah, so all the information that we have on our website that we publish on our Instagram account, that's publicly available information. So we take multiple sources, we triangulate, and we cite our sources. Uh, we don't create any original content or do any research like that. We're just using publicly available data. Our beginning data, I would say, is um, the Global Carbon Atlas. It's an organization that essentially um, collects all of the carbon footprint data for all the different countries. Mm -hmm. And so when we started, we used that data to help people understand the differences in carbon footprint per person annually, depending on where you live. So for example, if you live in the US, your carbon footprint is on average 17.5 tons of carbon dioxide per year. Whereas if you live in Vietnam, it's 2.3, or if you're in the UK, it's 8.3. So we use that sort of as a starting point to just help people understand. That was the original post we had on our Instagram. And then we have a carbon footprint of common items page on our website that gives information around 
the footprint of a serving of beef, a serving of pasta, a potato, a banana, um, a commute if you walk, take public transportation or drive, or if you fly, take the train or drive, um, and even you know the energy around your home. So if you use uh, you know an electric hob versus a gas hob, what is the difference in that? So all that information is just whatever we find research-wise on the internet. Okay, cool. And so what are, for your quiz for determining someone's carbon footprint, what is that really asking? Yeah, so the way that our quiz is structured is um, there's a lot of footprint calculators out there and they don't really get specific. They're simple and easy, which is great, but someone taking the quiz from the UK, which has an annual footprint of 8.3 on average, versus someone uh, in the US who is you know, 17.5 on average, they could end up with very similar scores. So the way that we've sort of taken this a step further for the simple carbon footprint calculator is we first ask what country you're from. So we start with that number first, and then we scale everything based on your transportation, your diet, your shopping habits, your energy, and then we add on the hours um, for your flights so that Again, you know, we're just taking it one step further so that based on your country, you're going to have some variances. Right. And that gives you a little bit more accurate data then. But yeah, that's cool. And then so do you mind if we kind of shift again here um, from from your experience, right? Like basically creating this entire startup. What do you think you've learned in the process? I've learned so much. Just so much. Um, you know, I had never hired a designer or developer before and our branding is so core to our strategy and I knew that we had to find a really amazing designer. So I interviewed over 10 different designers before we found Ryan and I feel so blessed and lucky because obviously Ryan did an amazing job. Everyone loves our branding. Um, and so I learned about sort of choosing your team, choosing your resources. And I think, funny enough, the biggest thing that I actually learned is using Instagram. I consciously had made a decision to not use Instagram for the like the past five years. And all of a sudden now, I need to learn what a story is, what a sticker is, what is a feed, what is a reel? When do you post on your feed versus when do you post in your stories? Um, when do you use a carousel on your feed versus put things in the description? And kudos out there to all the people on Instagram who make it work. It is hard, hard work. It, I, fried quite a few brain cells trying to orchestrate our Instagram strategy. Yeah, that's hilarious because I, I feel that absolutely. Um, <laughs> it's been an incredible learning experience for me just launching the podcast and that's not even like per se a business, right? My perspective on it has changed, which has been cool. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I, just another question I had, just kind of out of curiosity and, and thinking about the startup environment, how did how did your launch go? Yeah, so, you know, Clever Carbon was really an experiment. You know, if we made Carbon Footprint enablement and learning hit fun and relatable, would people be interested? And it was literally an experiment. And with launch, 
I think we can safely say the answer to our experiment is yes, right? If in the first week we had 50 quiz completions for a carbon footprint quiz, I think we would be popping bottles of champagne. Um, but we actually had over 500 quiz submissions in our first week. Like that is incredible, it's amazing. We are a grassroots organization. You know, we don't have a huge budget, but people are interested. And I think that, you know, we are really motivated to continue creating content for, you know, our, um, our supporters as a result. That's amazing. I mean, 500 and you guys are at over a thousand now, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you just continue to grow and, and continue to get bigger and really help educate people. And I think that's really an amazing goal. With like a, a thousand people taking this quiz, do you have any, I guess, goals in the future to monetize or, or make some money from this? No, not at the moment. We want to partner with organizations that are really similar to us in, you know, our branding, hip, cool with a sustainability focus, or even with, you know, no sustainability focus, that's totally fine. Um, the goal is that, you know, the more people know, the, the better. And we don't make any money. We are privately funded by one person, which is me. And, um, you know, for me, this is, you know, this year, instead of donating money to plant trees, you know, could this be a more scalable way to help planet Earth? Um, that's kind of how I look at it. Okay, cool. And then have you guys ever thought about maybe some sort of like licensing structure in the future where you could say, hey, this, this, uh, this business meets clever carbon standards or something where they might be kind of like an energy star where it might be, hey, they, their carbon footprint is 15% less of the normal competitor out there? I'm glad you asked me that question. Um, the quick answer is no, not really, because that would require me to hire a team and do all the research, and it would probably be a, a few years before we get out. The beauty of Clever Carbon is that you know, we use publicly available data, which makes it really easy for us to get up and running. But in addition, I don't want certifications. I want numbers. Just give me the numbers. Like a rating of three versus a rating of one, you know, it's arbitrary. It would require me to do research and find out exactly, you know, what those different ratings mean. And um, I might be misled. So that's why the raw numbers is exactly what we're advocating for. Okay. Yeah, sure. And I think the raw numbers also, I mean, they help help the consumer to think about what that actually looks like. I mean, at least that's what I'm doing. So say my, my espresso is 50 grams, right? Mm -hmm. I can kind of, to some extent, visualize what that might look like. And I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I think you guys are doing amazing things, like I said, really cool. Um, and so I think we're kind of like getting to a, a time point here. Do you mind if we uh, jump into kind of like a fire round where I just ask you a few questions and you can give me uh, quick answers back? Sure. All right, Michelle. So first one is just going to be, if you could basically give one book to anyone, what do you think that book would be? Sapiens. Sapiens? By Yuval Noah Harari. Okay. What is, what is that? Just out of curiosity. I've never heard of it. So Sapiens is essentially about 
our history, um, you know, as mankind. And really our history is quite short. We went from, uh, you know, somewhere a long, long, long time ago, we evolved into sort of what everyone thinks of as cavemen. And sorry, you all if you're listening to me and I'm butchering this. Um, but, you know, we eventually became hunters and gatherers. Then we became farmers. And it talks about sort of the evolution, the changes that happen. And Yuval's reflections are just, wow. I remember reading the first few chapters and it really blew my mind. And also probably made me um, more interested in sustainability as well. So even if you're not interested in sustainability, I think it's uh, a really amazing nonfiction book. Okay, cool. I, I might have to check that one out. That sounds pretty neat. Um, and then for the next question, what do you think is kind of one of the biggest myths you hear about sustainability on a regular basis? I, you know, it's not that it's a myth that I hear regularly, but I think it's a mentality that people have that, you know, a group of people care about sustainability, you know, whereas I really think that it's something everyone should care about. It's like traffic lights. Everyone needs to know how traffic lights work. Otherwise, this world just simply won't work. Cities won't work. Everything will fall apart. Um, you need to get in line to buy something if there's multiple people. Like everyone knows those types of things. They help us function as a society. And what we call sustainability, I feel like everyone should know that too because it's vital to the future of our planet, to the quality of the future, to the quality of all the, the kids out there. Um, so, you know, not that it's a myth or anything, but I feel like it's a way that of people, you know, thinking that, oh, okay, you know, there's certain people who care about it and that's okay, but it's Yeah. Not. Yeah. It's an, it's an everyone issue. I, I like that. That that's one of the best ones I've heard. Um, and then, so if you could get dinner with just one person alive, dead, whatever, um, who do you think that would be? I think it would be Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. Um, I watched Cosmos and I mean, he's an amazing narrator. He's a wonderful astronomer and he, I feel like we just have such great conversations that he could tell me about all the past scientists and about the voyagers and, you know, all this and that. I would love to have dinner with him. Yeah, sure. And I, I think, well, for me personally, one of my favorite things about him too is his ability to... I guess break down really really complex uh, problems and then just yeah like you said he's a great narrator right so he's able to say that to a or bring bring it to light for a normal person which is cool um, and then just kind of the last question um, before we get into a little bit about where people can find you um, how do you think you would define success I think success would be if you know, every other conversation that I have where I tell people about Clever Carbon, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I've heard of that company. Um, they do something about, like, you know, footprint or something. Um, you know, that, that would be really amazing. I mean, we're so far from that because we just started and, you know, it's hard to become the Kleenex of, you know, the brands out there. But um, that would be in the long run really successful, um, but also just more companies announcing plans to um, have carbon label initiatives. 
that would definitely look like success to me. Okay, cool. Um, and then lastly, uh, where can people go to find you? Yeah, so we produce a lot of our content on Instagram. So you can definitely find us there at clever.carbon. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn and obviously our website where you can do the two minute quiz. Uh, you can find a page where you can um, see a list of the uh, carbon footprint of common items and there's more content to come in the future as well. But those are sort of the three main channels. All right, that's awesome. Um, Michelle, like I said, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. No worries, happy to. guys so i hope you enjoyed hearing michelle's story and about how she got started with clever carbon and kind of a little bit about her life philosophy as well um, if you're interested in learning more about your carbon footprint or the carbon footprint of some everyday items definitely go check out clever carbon on instagram you can follow them at clever.carbon and give their quiz a go as always guys if you like what we're doing here please go and follow us on instagram at sustainabro.life and feel free to leave a review if you like the show Thanks again for popping on to learn with me, and I'll talk to you again next week, guys.